Welcome to episode 203 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent Jason here, and this week we've got a lengthy one for you. Yep, it's our end of the year best of extravaganza. We're going to go over our top albums of the year. We're going to go over non-rock and metal stuff that we like. We're going to go over honorable mentions, all kinds of stuff. You name it, we might go over it. We might, or we might not, you know, whatever. But, you know, this is, uh, I want to say right off the top here, um, you know, this is, this is kind of what, you know, really, uh, you know, got us going this year. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be stuff that people disagree with or there's going to be stuff that we forgot, you know, cause there's just so much out there. Um, this is just what we're digging on, uh, you know, so I don't know, don't get all, out of shape if we didn't mention this band or that band or, you know, like Rolling Stones top metal. I didn't, I've only heard of one of those goddamn bands in my whole life. So it's just like, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Architects did not make our list. Yeah. Or, you know, Which I don't not know. Bad, but, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sorry that, you know, fucking, uh, fucking, uh, you know, Ukraine rectangles didn't make it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Trent. But what I'm saying is, you know, this is just, you know, what really grabbed us this year. So this is how it's going to be. Yeah. You know, and if you don't like it, I don't know, go listen to somebody else's top fucking albums of the year, you know, (laughs) and eat a dick while you're at it. I don't know. (laughs) Hashtag eat a dick while you're at it. Well, you know. Well, see, yeah, the thing is, like the same thing we've talked about when we've done episodes when we go to a festival or something, we're not sitting here to review stuff from a critical standpoint of this is technically the best thing of the year which in our head it is because it's what we like the best this is just our top 18 personally yeah it's like you've got your top 18 personally and you know everybody thinks that yob is that how you fucking say that band's name i guess so is like in the top five or ten of every list i see it's cool but it didn't strike me enough to make my top 18 or jason so you know that's kind of where we're getting at with this yeah definitely so you stay tuned over the next many minutes, probably hour plus, you will hear Jason talk in detail about how much he loved the new albums from Three Days Grace and Disturbed. Okay, I quit. You're out? I'm out right now. All right. We'll See you later. To the end of I'm, I'm going to get my Lone Star and go home. Are you coming <laughs> back for 204 or is this it for the podcast? It's, it's it. Okay. You, you can't kid around like that, Trent. God damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, before we get too much further, we are sponsored by DEB Concerts, based here in our hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Concert promoter that brings in tons of bands from the melodic, hard rock, and metal genres to the ideal ballroom in Tulsa. Past concerts have included Dokken, Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach, Jack Russell's Great White, Steelheart, Pisto Blanco, Striper, um, Warrant, Firehouse, Winger, very long list, and that list also included L.A. Guns, who, by the way, was on our last episode, 202. That they were. Very good episode with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis, so go check that out. Junkyard was on that as well, and they are coming up in the coming weeks on this podcast. But coming up February 13th at the Ideal Ballroom, one of Jason's all-time favorite bands, and a band I love as well, is Saxon. That's going to rule, dude. It will. 
Can't wait. They're going to blow the roof off that place and it'll be magical. Yes. And I'm sure you're going to hear their name again here in a while. Nibs Carter will whip you in the face with his hair. That's right. As his head goes around and round and round in the windmill. If you have never seen Saxon live or even watched videos, just do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and pull it up so you can see what Jason's talking about. Exactly. You're like, how can this guy that's like 57 or whatever he is, I don't know, do this shit that I can't do or couldn't do when I was 20, you know? But he does it every fucking night. (laughs) And he doesn't have problems like Tom Araya did. Yes. So more power to him. That's right. But yes, Saxon playing the ideal barroom. With our friends down for five, opening that one up, along with Mud Flux. So get out there, check all three of these bands out. It's going to be a killer night from DB Concerts. You can get tickets at Stubwire, or you can hit up Down for Five or Mud Flux directly and get your tickets that way. Yes, definitely do it that way. Support the local bands. Without a doubt. So, getting into the year that we've had here, first thing need to mention, this is our fourth year now that we've done this as a podcast, and several years before that, we actually did this, we would just, you know, the year before, I think 2013, or 2014 and 2013, we did it on Twitter, you know, and That's Instagram, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and then even going back to 20, I, I found our thing from 2012, really, where we did it on Facebook, the Facebook page. <laughs> Wow. And we didn't even combine them. We just did our own separate lists. I see. And we were unanimous that year on the top one, which was the Night Flight Orchestra. Okay. That was a great record. Yeah. Yeah. That was their debut album. And you'll hear more about them in a while as well. But yeah, just over the, you know, we started this podcast in 2015. So that was the first year we did a podcast episode of the best of. Sons of Texas were our number one that year. Yes. The next year, 2016, Anthrax was our number one. Last year, 2017, Life of Agony's Return Magnificent Opus was our number one. Super fucking magnificent. And then here we are in 2018. You'll find out here in a bit. In a bit, yeah. Actually, you probably already know because you can read it on Facebook or Twitter. But anyway, (laughs) if you just found us, you'll find out in a bit. Exactly. (laughs) So, before we jump into all the... Hard rock and metal, something we've liked to do on these past few episodes is just kind of mention a few albums that aren't rock and metal yeah. or hard rock and metal that we dug. And usually it kind of jumps around. Like I remember Butch Walker, you know, had an album we talked about a couple years ago. And, you know, there'll be other people like that that are rock at least. But this year, everything we're going to mention outside of one of them are decidedly Non-rock. Exactly. Yeah, very decided. <laughs> Pretty much non-rock. country, everything except... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except uh, Old Crow and the Interrupters, I guess, obviously. But well, old, old Crow's country. They, in a way. I mean, you can say, yeah, uh, but well, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we each just jet, jotted down a few albums, and we had a couple similar ones, which were Shooter Jennings and his new album, Shooter. It's his return to his country form, basically. Yes. Because his last album, Poontosh, was 
kind of out there, but it was still cool in itself. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of done that recently. He'll rotate between, yeah, you know, something doing whatever the fuck he wants, and then he'll go back to country album. Yeah, and this album's just fucking great. And and why wouldn't you? You know, when you can, yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to bind by any rules. And, and this is a great record. Um, you know, it, it, it. I read where he wanted to he wanted to do a record like a, an old Hank Junior record. You know, that early '80s kind of outlaw kind of country and. And he sure fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Shooter. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's fucking great. It's like fucking amazing. So. Yeah. From start to finish. Yes, it is. You don't have to skip at all. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing. Another one you don't have to skip at all is Coulter Wall's album, Songs of the Plains. Yes. Yeah, so that, that was both on our non-rock list. Yeah. Kind of like Shooter was. Yeah, we've talked about him we've mentioned him at random points over the last year or two on this podcast because he kind of just kind of came out of the blue last year and he's a young guy now he's probably what i don't know how old he is now probably 2021 yeah because he was around that age when he debuted but anyway this album songs of the plains is just if you like pure just solemn country not you know, I'm not even talking like George Strait country that's like real country. I'm talking just like, you might want to murder yourself country. Even <laughs> though this isn't like depressing in a way, but it's that kind of country that's the best I can compare it to. I don't know. Yeah. And his voice is just phenomenal. And it's so, you see the guy, he's like I said, he's barely over 20 and he's he sounds like he's 72. He, he, he sounds like he's lived... Quite a long and uh, experienced life. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm sure, you know, being a musician on the road, and especially in this genre, he has experienced a lot. But, you know, being, what, 22, 23, whatever it is we said he was. I mean, it's just how raw and, and like, personal and, you know, touching in a way, you know, at the risk of sounding corny, this album is. It's just, you know, this guy's already wise beyond his years. And, you know, his work, just his, just the little things like his word choices and, you know, uh, just the way he just, you know, he just lets everything breathe. It's just a, a phenomenal record. Yeah, I hope that something happens here at some point and, like, this catches on in the mainstream somehow, yeah. like Chris Stapleton did. Yeah. Because definitely. along with Stapleton, this guy could be like, a guy that carried country into the next decade. Oh, you know? definitely. You know, he could be doing this for 20, 30 years mm-hmm. easily. And he's got the ability to become one of the greats, you know? Exactly. Another one I had on my list was Sarah Shook and the Disarmers' new album, Walls. Well, uh, you know, I, I should have had that one on mine. Uh, th- that's a great fucking record, too. Well, it's kind of like I should have had Old Crow on mine. Like oh, you man, it's but, just, yeah. Yeah, Sarah Shook is another... Artist kind of like Coulter Wall, who just popped up here in the past year, year and a half, that completely caught me off guard. Like how much I actually listened to her and this band. The first album, the album from 2017, even more so than this one, but this one's great. I yeah. mean, she's got a really unique voice for what she's doing, you know, for country music. It fits well, but it's just not typical at all for a female vocalist to sound like this. No, no. Which is what makes it great, I think. Yeah. Really looking forward to see what comes in the coming years from from her, and she's actually going to be here in Tulsa 
on January 21st. I was about to say, she's coming to town. Yeah, Mercury Lounge. Yeah. So, if you're in the Tulsa area, you've got one hell of a weekend. You can go see Metallica Friday, COC, Crowbar, and, uh, what the fuck am I forgetting on Mothership. That? Yeah, Mothership. Weed Eater. On Sunday night, and then Monday night, finish it off with Sarah Shook. Look at that. Yeah. Okay, another band you had on your list, Old Crow Medicine Show's new album, Volunteer. If I'm being honest, you know, I absolutely love this band. Like, huge. Just like you do. But, yeah. And I listen to them all the time. But for some reason this year, I didn't delve into this album repeatedly like I've always done their previous albums. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of why I didn't have it down on my list. But I still love the album. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've... You know, the last one um, really, really, really struck me. Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's how I was. And it's hard to top that. That was like one of their finest hours. And this one took me a week or two, and then it just, it grabbed me like the other one did. Okay. Um, I, I you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, I don't know, It's it seems a little different. I don't know, each, each one of their albums kind of has their own vibe, but... You know, and I don't know if it's just I'm such a super fan, you know, that anything they do, I probably dig. Maybe it's that. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm not too, you know, proud to admit that there's that factor in play. Right. Um, you know, but I mean, it's just I, I love this band. And if if we were going to include everything in our top list, this would have been my number one record of the year. Seriously? Ser- just because, you okay. know, you, you go through, you know, you go through the, you know how you do the whole Spotify thing where it tells you the stats. I mean, this is my most listened to thing all goddamn year. Okay. I mean, I fucking love, and I even made a post about it. There's a few bands I go stupid insane on, and this is one of them. And I, you know, it's just, it's such a great fucking record. I mean, uh, you know, I, I and I think what you meant earlier about, the, like, they're all country except for two of them. You know, it's like Old Crow kind of has like, they, they have like a, a rock and roll vibe about them. It's like bluegrass and rock and roll thrown yeah. into country, you know? Yeah. Well, it, you know, um, it, well, I, they've even said it themselves. They're, they're, uh, I, I can't, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, it's not totally right, but they're an old timey band with a, you know, a rock and roll sensibility or something like that. Okay. And so, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. There's just hooks. There's musicianship, you know, and it and it takes me back. It, it it connects me to my roots and you know my family and growing up and all that all that fucking sentimental shit. So I just I love this band and this is a great record. So we couldn't not talk about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to go see him in like ten days. So it's going to be fucking amazing. Well, a side note: whenever you're hearing this episode. You'll actually be on your way there, right? Yes. Or you'll be probably in Alabama at that point. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jason's going to see these guys New Year's or the day before New Year's Eve in Nashville, and then you'll probably hear about that at the beginning of 2019. Definitely. Because you know what? It's not hard rock or metal, but it is our podcast, and we can talk about whatever the hell we want. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my, my last, uh, you know... A non-hard rock metal release was The Interrupters. Uh, the album's called Fight the Good Fight. Um, if you like just straight up ska music, this is, this is your fucking jam right here. I mean, this is just upbeat, catchy. Um, you know, it's clear as a bell fucking ska punk music. Um, I 
this is kind of where we were like, well, what do we include? Where do we draw the line? You know what I mean? And, and because like we put Rancid last year, but you know, and Rancid definitely has a lot of these elements, but the interrupters are just straight, you know, they go way far over to the, to, you know, to Scaville. Yeah. Um, and that's usually, I'll admit, it's usually not something that I get excited about, but ever since this band came out, I don't know something about them. It's just, clipped with me they're just catchy and you know they've they've got that right amount of angst without you know um it affecting their music i mean it's just it's fucking great um and you'll 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 end up jogging in place and singing every song on this record once you hear it <laughs> um and you know again one of my most listened to records this year and you mentioned rancid from last year tim armstrong's actually on this album right uh all of them are Oh, okay, that's right. Uh, well, I don't know about the drummer, but, you know... Lars uh, as well? Lars and Tim and Matt all take... You know, there's a song where they all take a line and oh, sing. Oh, that's right, okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... And, you know... Which is a great song. Oh, it's a great song. So, I mean, yeah, just... Uh, that. So, that's my... Yeah, that's my... Uh, that completes my list on that section. Yeah. Well, jumping into the reason we're here, or people are here, is hard rock. And metal. Yes. So, getting into that, just like, I'm just going to skim through here real quick. Okay. Here's another one I can't believe was not on your... Uh, it almost, it was almost on there. Okay. Corpaclani almost made yeah. it. But I don't think, but I think it would have got kicked off once we did the math and put both of ours together for our master list. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was, it was wrote down on my, my big list okay. of, you know, before I started, you know... What about Anvil? That wasn't even on there. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't... It didn't it, connect the way it, it, the last one did? It, yeah, and yeah, I know, and it didn't... Uh, it just kind of fell off real quick for me. And so Monster Magnet is a band I'm a huge fan of. See, that's one thing and, I thought you would have. And, and I, I like the album a lot, but I just kind of went back to it whenever I was putting my list together, and it just didn't jump out to me the way the ones I put on there did, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even have them there at the end of the few albums I was trying to figure out for the final couple spots even. But that doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a ton of great music this year and maybe not as good as like 2016 or something, but I mean, there's a ton of these albums here that are good enough that they could have made my top mm -hmm. if we'd done 20 or 25. Yeah. But like Phil Campbell and the Bastard Son album was great. I know our buddy Jason Carroll is a huge fan of that one. All That Remains, in my opinion, has returned to form for the nice. most part. Nice. And, you know, it's kind of fitting that they were able to do that before Oli passed, you know. And then Visigoth is another great band. Doesn't get enough attention. That's right. We've talked about Philip H. and Summo and the Legals a few times. That's a great album if you're into just some flat-out hardcore. And then there was new solo albums from Joe Perry and Ty Tabor, which were both cool. The Dorothy album is pretty cool. You saw her live. Yeah, they opened up for yeah. or she opened up for Greta Van Fleet in Denver. The min, the Miles Kennedy album was fucking great. Yes, it was. If you haven't listened to that, it's it's fucking great. It's laid back. It's different from Alter Bridge or Slash. That was another one that just it was right on the cusp. I mean, it was just yeah. off by a nut hair, dude. Yeah. on both our lists. Yeah, the Sword cool album. Yeah, STP's comeback album with their new vocalist Jeff is good stuff as well. Bullet Boys had a pretty cool album, as did Thunder. People probably didn't know either of those bands are still around, but they're yeah. both making good music. 
Mark Rizzo. Camelot is a band that I fucking love, but this album, it wasn't bad. It just did not strike me in the least as well as the really? previous couple did. Striper's new album's cool. Goddamn evil. I just love saying that. <laughs> I would wrote that down on my master list right below or above Behemoth. So I was thinking you'd see I mean, that. come on, right. you know. <laughs> you get the yin and the yang yeah. there, don't you? Yeah. Gus G, Demi Borger, Shine Demi Down. Demi Eggs Mortis, very cool band. Yeah. That a lot of people don't know about. I mentioned Yob. Orange Globulin, that album's fucking great. We both talked about that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power Wolf is back with a great album. Enough's Enough. I've listened, I didn't listen to that whole thing, but I listened to a few songs. It's pretty cool. The Nonpoint album's great. The Wilson album really isn't that great. <laughs> Monty Pittman had two albums that were good. Nashville Pussy's back. High on Fire is fucking great. Yeah. Sleep. I'll be honest. I listened to one song and I just... It, that band is great at what they do, but I just never have like latched on like most people have. Yeah. But I, I'm sure a lot of people think it's a great album, so check it out if you're into that kind of stuff, you know. Uncle Acid and the Dead Beats is another one that's made a lot of people's lists and... I dug it as well. I know you weren't as big a fan. Uh, it didn't. It didn't grab me like it grabbed you. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. It doesn't mean nothing. Ace Frehley's new album will not make our buddy C.J. McClellan's top eighteen. I listened to that the other day. <laughs> would it make your top nineteen? Probably no, not. but <laughs> I, it was a formidable effort. Yeah. I, there was a few songs that were pretty catchy. We've also we also got new ones from Soulfly. Red Dragon Cartels back. That's that was good. a good one. I liked that one. Yeah. World Dane. Did you ever listen to that? I did not listen to that one. I did not either. I'll be okay. honest. All Hell the Yeti had a new one. You saw them live this yes, year? Yes, I, I did. Steven Piercy had a new one, which just I listened to twice. And there's probably a chance I might never again. Uh, you know what? I'm That's not probably saying, a real good chance. I'm not saying anything negative. I love Steven Piercy. <laughs> I love Rat. And the songs aren't bad. They're just not memorable. Yeah. That's get, the best way that. to put that. Nita Strauss has her first solo album out. Unearth is back, and I've dug that. I've been listening to that. I still, I never did listen to that. Yeah. I always meant to, and something came up, yeah. and I never. And the, you know, that's another thing. You know, sometimes this shit just we just yeah, miss it. Whatever. There's too much. I mean, between these, <clears> there's albums, so goddamn much. And there's like 90 albums on these. Lists yeah, there. and there's also a thing of like Nita Strauss and Red Dragon Cartel and Orange Goblin. Those either a I just kind of they just came out recently, or I just discovered them recently, so I didn't get a lot of time. Right. And like I did some of the other ones. So, I mean, you're just going to have some, with all the stuff that's out, you're going to have, you know, some stuff shit's going to slip through, yeah. through the cracks, you know? Yeah. And finally, Michael Romeo, I listened to that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on our yeah. upcoming episode with yeah. Trevor from Black Doggy Murder, he mentioned that was one of his favorite albums of the year. And it is really cool. So check that out. He's the guitarist for Symphony X, who hopefully we get into album from at some point. Mm-hmm. And then Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses fame put out his first solo album and that was really cool as well it's just straight up rock and roll yeah as you would expect from dizzy reed and then there was a couple albums i wanted to mention that we you know we never include live albums and we never include cover albums yeah even though frank cannon released cover album that was good enough that it could have two, two of them, two of two them, of them that, that was good i really enough enjoyed that it, yeah they could have made a list, in my opinion. Another good cover album was the Burn the Priest. Oh, I forgot to write that down. Which yeah. is fucking great. I love that album, but yeah. you know it's cover record, and that's yeah. you know Lamb of God. For those who don't know, if you don't know, Google it. You'll find out. Yeah, that was a great record. And then Devil Driver put out their Outlaw Country album, which mm-hmm. didn't live up to the hype in my head, but 
it was still cool enough to listen to, you know. Gotcha. So check that out if you have not. And that's kind of a run through the just random shit that's out there. Gotcha. That didn't make our list. And then we both had a, you know, a few albums that we were surprised didn't make our list in the way of like, hey, this band's coming out with an album this year. So I would assume they would probably make my list. Or we listened to it a lot and thought, when I compile this, it's going to be there. And it wasn't. Wasn't, yeah. And the the main one main ones for me as far as thinking ahead of time would have made it would have been Allison Chains, Andrew WK, and Primal Fear. Mm. And Allison Chains is great, but it just did not connect with me. I I think it's as good as the last two with William Duvall, but it just didn't hit me the same way those did, I guess. Yeah. In a sense that like I kept I would go back and listen to that song Never Fade, but I just didn't ever listen to the album repeatedly. Yeah. And Andrew WK had a couple good songs, but for the most part I just didn't get into that one at all. Yeah. Even though I figured I would with as much as I love that guy. Primal Fear, I fucking loved that album. And it was like on the cusp for me, but for some reason I just let it let it slip and didn't listen to that one enough. And, you know, this band's always a band that every year until 2018, you could say this band does Judas Priest better than Judas Priest. Yeah. But Judas yeah. Priest changed that in 2018. No shit, yeah. So maybe that's kind of why <laughs> yeah, it slipped it, off. It, where, yeah, it got you in yeah. the head there. And then ones that I thought once I started listening to them would definitely make my list was like the Torch Revival. Mm-hmm. This album is... <laughs> Sorry, that, that was, was cool. my fault. <laughs> This album, Revival by Light the Torch, in my opinion, is their best album yet. It's a revival of the world knowing that Howard Jones is still here. So you need to listen to this shit if you have not. He it's, sure is still here. That's for damn sure. It's basically, you know, I listen to Bad Wolves a lot, Disobey, mm-hmm. which is another one I thought might make it until all this other stuff started coming out. But Light the Torch Revival is basically what Bad Wolves Disobey wish it could be, in my <laughs> opinion. But... Bad Wolves Disobey is good, don't get me wrong. It's good enough to make a list and all, but I just don't. It wasn't anywhere near my 18 whenever I think of those, that final spot. I had Monster Truck, Chrome Division, Ted Nugent, and Madball, along with Light the Torch, all right there. Yeah. Trying to figure out who's going to be in that final spot. <clears throat> and you're, and you know, you're usually the Monster Truck guy. And this year, yeah. I was more the Monster yeah. Truck guy. Well, Monster Truck, literally, I made my list, and they were number 18. Yeah. I sent it to you, and then I realized I forgot to add Mustache to my list. I'm like, I can't not include this album. I fucking love it so much. So I had to knock Monster Truck to number 19, basically. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Chrome Division and Mad Ball and Ted Nugent are all ones that I really latched on to recently. Yeah. So kind of what you said, I think. If I if Mad Bullet came out in April, that would have been on my list. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that album a bunch over the last month. Chrome Division as well. And yeah. the Nugent album is fucking great. I don't care what you think about anything outside of his music. This I've listened to it, yeah. It's, I, you know, I've said a million times, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm completely, absolutely the complete other end of the spectrum when it comes to, you know, what Ted Nugent believes. But it, and that's not for this podcast. And, you know, and it's not also not to say that this record's great. And this guy sounds, I mean, his guitar tone is fucking amazing these days. And, and it's always fun to listen to that guy play guitar. So, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Well, 
that's my kind of rundown on the ones that I was surprised didn't make my list. Now you've got several to mention as well. Yeah, so the ones that, that I was surprised didn't make it or that fell off, and and I gotta say, this list, you know, this list, and you know, my master list or whatever, it usually I'm like, ooh, I need to make sure I get this record in here because people need to know about it or something, and be all dorky like that and shit. I think I used to be the same. Way. Yeah, but like I just literally looked at no matter what, you know, if it was, you know. Technically not as good as something else or what the fuck ever. It, I really based it as much as I could on just what did I listen to the most. You know, and so, anyway, so like, you know, the new Joe Satriani record, what happens next? You know, that was a great fucking record. It is a great fucking record. You know, his rhythm section is Glenn Hughes and Chad Smith. I mean, you can't go wrong. And you know, the first half of the year, I listened to shit out of that thing. Uh, and, and then, you know, same with Street Dogs, Stand for Something or Die for Nothing. Great record. Um, and, and you know, the, they kind of, they're back with a full record. I'm so glad, you know, they were always doing splits or EPs for a while. And this is their first full record in a long time. It was a great record. But, you know, it's just, there's so much that comes through. Yeah. You know, um, Suicidal Tendencies. This is a, you know, the first year. You know, I've always listened to him, but this is like for the first time in a long time, I've really gotten into him and I've really dove into him. You'd be proud of me. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, Nervosa, Downfall of Mankind, which, you know, Brazilian thrashing is finest. I can all say that the, those records were ones I listened to like crazy, but as the year went on and more stuff came in that blew me away, those just kind of fell by the wayside. And, you were you listening know. to Nervosa whenever we were waiting for Trevor from Black Dog Your Murder. The, uh, right? That's that's anyway, right. Side that's note. right. It, well, that that was uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, I was yeah because I was listening to something before it. I was trying to go through my whole best of 2018 list and just re-listen to shit. Okay, gotcha. And, and so, um, but where was I going with this? And hey, I love all four of those albums too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, it, it's just uh, so much stuff. And, and when it came time, you know, a week or two ago to really do this and compile it, I went through and I'm like, oh, shit, w- w- these aren't on it because there's all this stuff before it. So yeah, it, it's just what, you know, so that's my surprise that it didn't make the list list. And, and then and then I kind of, a couple of acts I wanted to bring up before we get into we can do this, I guess, in the honorable mention, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, well, they didn't fall off a list. They weren't ever on a list. So, But before we get into the big, you know, a couple bands, like Hailstorm, you know, they put out a record, and it's good. But I, I just can't, I don't know. They're not, I, I don't know. They're just not getting over some kind of hump with me. I don't know what it is. It's like, they should. They rock. You know, and they're talented. I don't know. I get, I'm the same way. I mean, and it used to be I, I the other way. Yeah. Like, when they came out, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And then just something happened where I'm just like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I, I don't know what it is. And because it's not because they suck, because they don't definitely don't suck. It's just, well, everything I hear from them literally sounds like a pop country song with louder guitars. Well, maybe and that's a, it. And a fuck, I mean, obviously, great vocalist. Yeah. 
But it's just like every song, I'm like, you can just strip this down and fucking, you know, Faith Hill could sing this shit right now. Yeah. And it would sound like a country song. I'm just maybe, like, maybe it just sounds too, maybe for, formulaic is the word I'm looking I for. I see. Well, see, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Which is a great I fucking vocalist. Yeah, because, because <laughs> I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. what it was for me. So maybe that is it. I'm not, I'm still not really sure. Cause I know you're not big on most radio rock, so maybe that's what it is. And see, that's, it, but see, that's kind of the thing. Or radio style rock. I now. like about them is, is, yeah, they're radio rock, but they're not, you know, they're not like super douchey, you know, they're, you know, they don't rely heavily on an image or they don't, yeah. you know, they don't sound, you know, like this detuned, you know, whiny. Are you talking I about in this moment? Fucking, I don't know. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that shit. I mean, I don't know. They just don't sound like those just antiseptic fucking, you know, they sound a little bit more organic. So, I don't, I don't it's not that. I don't know. But, you know, and then, and then Greta Van Fleet, I have to mention because... That record came out and it's fucking great. There are so many hooks on this record. Uh, Anthem of the Peaceful Army, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And there's so many hooks and there's such a great performance. But, you know, the, you, the, 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 you know, the, the thing is the, the Led Zeppelin thing. Yeah. It's hard to get over. But I, I, what I wanted, my, my. And he says Thunder Underground on one of the But he does say, yeah, which is fucking awesome. Uh, uh, but I, what I, what I want to talk to you about is a while back we had had the big Greta Van Fleet discussion on the show and we were kind of just like middle of the road, like, Hey, you know, whatever, that's cool from what I remember. But it seems like you've kind of fallen more off on them a little bit. So like what, what, what's, what's your thing on that one there? Um, well, kind of, I think we talked about it twice and the second time I said, I'm like, I was starting to like turn for some reason Yeah, and it just, cause it. What you just said, it just, there's no denying that they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, fucking Celine Dion's good at what she does. Who fucking cares? <laughs> you can be great at what you do, but you don't have to sound exactly like someone, you know, because people are like, well, at least they're emulating this. I'm like, no, fucking Godsmack, when they came out, sounded kind of like Alice in Chains, but they didn't sound exactly like them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of cases like that. But these guys, it, there's songs that sound like fucking Jimmy Page is playing as well as Robert playing the scene. You know, maybe not as much on this second album. Yeah. You know, the first one was, well, no, I mean, it's the same thing, two EPs put together. Yeah. But, you know, I, it's just hard for me to, to get past that. I see. And the, the whole image as well, you know, it's cool to be retro, I guess, or whatever you want to do, but. It's like they're trying to sound like Led Zeppelin and he's trying to look like Roger Daltrey and I don't know. I just don't care. Gotcha. You know, but I, I like what, you know, you've said and what Joe Altier said on our last or two episodes ago when he was on, you know, there's these bands, you know, whether you like them or not, it's kind of like Five Finger Death Punch, whether you like it or not, it's good for music yeah. in a way that it's going to bring someone you know, along that might listen to them and like, you know, might some kid would be like, keep seeing, oh, people are comparing Led Zeppelin. So then they go listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, or people listen to Five Finger Death Punch and they might accidentally listen to Mon Marth and then just. Yeah, exactly. Fall deep. You know what I'm saying? Well, w- w- the, the one thing that I like about Greta Van Fleet is they're, they're keeping blues based hard rock at the forefront. Yeah. Which I think is something that is kind of fell off that doesn't need to be falling off. 
I think that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, the old guy here, but you know, that, that's, that's a form of music and that's a style of rock that can't fucking go away. It just can't. Well, there's great bands out there doing it. Well, and that's, that's, and I'm getting to that. Okay. But it's like, you know, it's, you know, these guys are showing you, you don't need to wear a goddamn space helmet and have like 18 million tracks on stage to fucking, you know, they're reminding us, hey, look, this is where I all came from. Organic, from the heart, you know. That's what I like, you know. And, and then it also makes me think of, you know, anybody out there that's listening to this, you know, if you like Greta Van Fleet, you need to go fucking listen to Rival Sons. That's just all there is to it. I don't even care if you turn this off right now and go listen to Rival Sons. Just fucking go listen to Rival Sons. And then you, you'll you'll email us and be like, thanks, guys. This is awesome. Yeah. And they're way better. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> fucking worlds better. And they've got a new record coming out this year. It's going to be cool. Who else has a new album coming out this year, next year is Inglorious. And they're another band that's there you go. even you know a little bit heavier. But it's still that blues-based hard rock. Exactly. Know, that you're... That English style blues based hard mm-hmm. rock, which is what I guess this would fall into as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. But all right, I guess it's time to get into the official honorable mentions. Yeah. The way we do this is we both make a list and then we basically put them together because there's no way we could sit down and like hash out what should be one, two, three, four, five. So, so we, we just do the points. Yeah, however. we do our own and then weigh them by points and put them together. Yeah. And then so, of course, when we do that, there's going to be a few albums that were on my list that weren't on his, and there's going to be albums that were on Jason's that weren't on mine. So these were the official albums that are honorable mentions because they fell off one or the other of our lists. Yes. The first one being Mustache, Silent Killer. These guys are a Swedish band who have been around for a long time, and it just pisses me off year in and year out how this band just doesn't get any attention in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously... Maybe it's because they never come it's here. because they're good, too. Yeah, but I mean, there's fans from your, you know, obviously Avatar, you know, is made into the mainstream, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the bands like In Flames and, you know, Soul Work to an extent or whatever. Yeah. But these guys aren't even that style, really. You know, they're more just like balls out rock. Yeah. But it's still heavy. And it's like his voice is very reminiscent of Ian Astbury, but not to a point of the Greta Van Fleet type point. But yeah. it's, um, and I mean, you could even compare some of their music to the cult at times, I think. But I see just that, to, yeah. In a heavier that. extent, you know. And this new album, 10 tracks, it's short, 30, 32 minutes, and it's just like everything they've done. They're definitely an all killer, no filler band, in my opinion, from every single album. Yeah. And so I just urge people to go check this out. You know, if you know, like we've talked about it, or if you pay attention to music, pretty much anyone that comes out of Sweden, no matter what style of rock or metal they're playing, is fucking good. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And speaking of over there, where's Behemoth from? Definitely. Poland. Poland. That's right. I loved you at your darkest. Polish extreme metal titans behemoth. I loved you at your darkest. Um, that's our next, uh, honorable mention. That was one that, you know, fell off my list. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been a fan of the singer Nurgle. I've been a fan of him more than I have the, that band because Definitely. when you get into that extreme thing, sometimes it's hard for me. I need a little bit more, you know, vocals and melody and stuff. But, it, you know, 
this band r- rides that line. You know, they keep it they keep it extreme for sure. But you know, there's 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 hooks and there's interesting things going on. There's solos, and you know, they're pretty fucking evil. Which I'm not gonna lie, is like a big draw. You know, and um, I was first. You know, they had a, a live album come out earlier this year, and I gave it a shot and. You know, for a guy that's not super into live albums, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I just really, it's, for me, this album was what the picture it painted. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh man, you know, that, that breakdown in, you know, whatever, you know, it just, you know, uh, or, you know, God equals dog is my jam, you know? I mean, it, it, it's just, it wasn't so much that as just the, the atmosphere it creates in my head. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, it opens up, it opens up with like, you know, a small choir of kids chanting, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, I forgive thee not. So, you know, I'm sold. Hello, sign me up. <laughs> so I just, yeah, behemoth, um, I, I, the more I listen to these, to these guys, the more I dig it. Yeah, which is cool, cause I know that last time we really talked about him, or the last couple times, you're always like, yeah, I try to listen to him, but I just never really got into it. And, yeah. You know, we both really dug his solo album from last year. What was that two years ago now? Me and that man, yeah. Yeah. It's like a heavy, dark, acoustic, Johnny Cash, evil, satanic country thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next album up is the new one from Blackstone Cherry Family Tree. That's right. And this one, is, I probably should have included this in ones I was surprised like didn't make my list. I know it, it did make yours. Obviously, that's why it's here. Because mm-hmm. this is a great album, and they've kind of hit their stride as, you know, I've, I've always loved these guys. And we talked about it when it came out that I was like, I'm kind of bummed that they, in a way shied away from the heavier stuff because mm-hmm. I love stuff like Killing Floor and the first album, you know, with Maybe Someday and mm-hmm. everything. But like this maybe maybe this is what they were always meant to do. I think it's it be is. that kind of really blues based yeah. rock band. And like they're already big in Europe. Mm-hmm. And this kind of music is big and always been big in Europe. And that's and, why they're big in Europe. Yeah, and maybe that's why they're embracing that and if they never get any bigger in America or it starts to falter off because of this you know, big deal. You know, this exactly. is exactly this yeah. is what they're doing, and yeah. you know, and now these guys could be in the conversation with Rival Sons or Monster Truck or something, right? Is where they weren't before because you know they came out in America. They're on Roadrunner. You know, they're, they're they're getting on tours with the heavy bands, or they're trying to you know they're trying to push them as a radio rock band. You know, but you know with which with every album they've done. You know, there's a little bit more blues that works its way in there. There's a little bit more classic rock or something a little bit more organic. And I I could tell it was going that way to where one day it would totally be, you know, this blues-based kind of thing that they're doing. And, yeah, maybe the heavier stuff would be better, but this feels right. Just listening to it, it feels right. And it feels like what they should be doing. And I think they – I think – and what 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 the fuck have they got to lose? They are they're not on Roadrunner anymore. Um, you know, like you said, they're huge and fuck. They can go headline arenas in fucking Europe. They fucking headlined Wembley. Yeah, no shit. That's right. I forgot about that. And then they come uh, here like 
probably couldn't feel the fucking brake either. I know, which is fucking pathetic. Yeah. It, you know. Pathetic it, of the people around here. Yes, yeah. pathetic, yeah. <laughs> pathetic of this country, not this band. This yeah. band, you know, they, this is no fault of this band. And, and and it's it's just, it goes to show, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it goes to show, it's sad that, you know, uh, you know, some band, you know, that comes out on stage with lightsabers or fucking, or, you know, like I said earlier, plays to a bunch of tracks and wears goddamn space helmets. That's what people are digging on. And you've got a band right here under your goddamn nose the whole time that's doing the real shit, you know, and putting their fucking blood, sweat, and tears into something and, and working to make it sound naturally as best they can. And, you know, they, you know, they get the fucking... You know, they go play clubs. It's fucking stupid. So, you know, there you go. Rant over. Well, on the album, Burning is one of my favorite. Like, if I was making a top ten songs of the year, it would definitely be on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite song on the album, hands down, and one of my favorite songs of the year. And, you know, just a great album. So, yep. look that up if you have not. The final album on our honorable mentions is technically... Number 19, because it's technically a tie yeah. in the final spot. And the way we broke ties is first thing I look at is if it was an album that was on both our lists. And since the album that was number 18 was on both our lists, this one got bumped to 19, basically. So the the first and top honorable mention is Monster Truck's album, True Rockers. Oh, man. What a fucking record. Yeah, just a banger as... Jamie Joss would say, but in a different sense of when he uses the word banger, but basically 40 minutes of just straight up fucking the, that the album title fits this to a T. Yeah. I mean, you've got D Snyder's on your first song on this record. Yeah. I mean, you've got a song called Denim Danger. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple songs in here that kind of like almost stray away, you know, from the, from that, genre they're in but never really too much and this album is just a perfect encapsulation of this band you know they've kind of kind of like Blackstone Cherry they've kind of shied away slightly from where they started but it's in a it's in a good way I think and it's something yeah. that I think can help these guys in the long run and I I know they've got on a couple of times they've opened for bands like Nickelback and so I mean hopefully stuff like that continues for this band so they yeah. get you know, exposed to more people. I guess that's a Canadian connection going there. Yeah, must be. Well, it's time to dive into the big list here. Okay, I mean, uh, um, in lieu of a drum roll, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, bitch at you one more time. There you yeah, go, drum roll. Uh, I, I did this last year. I'm going to do it again, and uh, I'm going to do it next year. We got to stop. We got to stop with... How whatever year it is, that's how many albums gonna do. I mean, I mean, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Well, the top thirty albums of the year, you know. Pray to God this goes on that long. <laughs> I mean, what are we gonna do? I mean, and because it gets harder and harder. You know, if you could just do a top ten, but then we'd be we wouldn't even be talking about Tremonti or fucking Monster know. Truck. Well, then you know what? Then tough shit. Because you know, I, you know what? I, I like I like even shit. You I don't. Want- I don't, no, you want listen, a list that, that doesn't include Ghost? Listen to me. Ghost would have made it, right? I can't no, remember. they weren't top ten. Son of a bitch. Listen to me. Look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it gets harder and harder every year. And, and you know what? If, if it... Sometimes. 
if it cuts off at ten, then it cut, and then it's ten. Sometimes doing things that are hard are good for building. Oh characters. my God! Listen, listen. Here's what I'm gonna do. I, you know, in in my my OCD ways, you know, I like shit to be even. I will give you till 2020. You know, to okay. make it an even 20. But after that, yeah. we got we we gotta then, amend the rules here, dude. Then come we, year 2021, we gotta, we gotta reach a compromise and say from then on it's just 15. Ten. No, I don't know. Oh my God! Well, we'll we have to talk about that in two years. We got a couple of years. I got a couple of years Actually, to three, change. I, guess. I got. I got a couple of years to change your mind. Right. Maybe twenty twenty one will be a bad year of music, you know. So it'll be easy. To I, talk I don't. To I don't know. I don't know. But, but it could be another nineteen ninety two, and you're like, "What the fuck do I do?" Yeah, that would have been like a top forty. <laughs> right. Everything we do was that, fucking like, good. In the middle of next year, we talked about doing a '92 podcast. I know. What I if know. we did like a top forty albums in 1992? I know. Yeah. No shit. That would be like a four-hour-long episode. <laughs> um. So okay, but anyways, it, 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 let's just number eighteen, top eighteen albums of 2018. Number eighteen. This is where I insert the gag one. Tremonti, a dying machine. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's do this every time you say the number and I'll be like, <laughs> Okay, okay, alright Well this album Is 14 tracks long Yes And a lot of times, we've mentioned this before When we talked about a couple other albums this year A lot of times when a band Put out 14 track albums It starts to get a little iffy And it, it loses something at some point Yeah. But this is straight up an hour long And it doesn't lose anything yeah. From beginning to end that's why it's here. And I've noticed a lot of other people talking about, you know, how great they think it is. It might be my favorite of his albums so far. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's mine too. Yeah. They're all great, but I think I've just I keep going back to it. And just from beginning to end, you know, bringer of war, this is a, it's an album that like, there's times where the riffs get almost borderline, like speed metal, not really, but you know, like, you almost get that feel. Yeah, yeah. And then it, but it's, and it's also, he does an amazing job of straddling that line somewhere between a band that could be a radio rock style band, even though his music is way more uh, complex than your generic ass radio rock. Mm -hmm. But he does a good job of fitting that mold, but also being heavier and being, like I said, more complex. And I, I don't know how much play he's getting i don't think on terrestrial radio is probably not much maybe serious a little but, yeah you know i mean the name is out there obviously fueled by alter bridge but this is a great album and he's got a great voice and i just yeah I'm glad I mean, it's here his voice gets better with every record um this guy technically this guy is just a fucking shred master so fun listening to him go off He's making up for years of not being able to go off at all in Creed. Um, this album is a lot. It's a lot. You know, it's, it's long songs. There's 14 of them. Um, you know, uh, but. Yeah, it's not light at all. It's not light, light yeah. You know, light, not like music. I meant light listening. Yes. Even though some heavy albums could be. This is not one of those. But you know what? He put in the work. So you put in the work too and listen to this thing and get into it and dig in. And it'll pay off because it's a great record. Yeah. See, I've got something that I was going to say when we got to the Slash album, but I might just say it now. I don't know. If you're a fan of Alter Bridge, just think of like 
between Alter Bridge and Tremonti over the past, say, seven years, you've got six or seven albums worth yeah. of material from this guy. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be loving it. And then you look at the singer of Alter Bridge, and you've got add what four. Five more albums to that mix. Yeah. On top of the ones I just said. Exactly. You're living in the fucking golden age of Miles Kennedy <laughs> and Mark Tremonti. Yeah, yeah, you are. So, yeah. so eat this shit up, people. Yeah. You can't, you know, I mean, if you love either of those guys, you love the band Alter Bridge, you need to listen to Tremonti, you need to listen to Slash, and you need to listen to Miles Kennedy, you're the tiger. Because these guys don't do anything wrong yeah, at all. They don't. All right. I just had an idea. Okay. We need a tour slash Miles and Tremonti, and then or, or Alter Bridge, Alter Bridge slash, you know, like it could be a festival slash an Alter Bridge headline. Tremonti and Miles open, yeah. <laughs> a projected opens up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's insane. We, we could they could do that. Let's do it. Yeah. That's a good okay. Idea. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Next. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh. Number 17. Metal Allegiance, Volume 2, Power Drunk Majesty. <laughs> Way too many words for that. God damn. <laughs> As you can tell by the title, this is the second album from Metal Allegiance. Yes. And maybe better than the first. I don't know. It's about, It's probably, I think, they're just pretty much even. Yeah. The, the core of Metal Allegiance is Dave Ellison, Mike Portnoy. And Alex Skolnick. Alex Skolnick. And, uh. Mark Mingis. Yeah, Mark Mingis. Yeah, On bass. Yeah, I forget his name. But like, uh. And then, of course, if you're not familiar with it, this band started out kind of like as a cover band in a sense where they yeah. weren't really a cover band, but they were playing covers. They would get up there with that core band and then they would have different guys like Phil and Summer or Chuck Billy or whoever get up on stage and sing songs from the, their bands. Yeah. And then also do some other songs. And then it kind of turned into let's make an album. Couple, it's been what two or three years ago now. They made the first album, and it was great. And it featured both those guys I mentioned, as well as a multitude of others, including Mark from Death Angel. And this new album features all new people except Mark and Troy Sanders from Mastodon, and both returners. Yeah, we've also got Bobby Blitz from Overkill, Mark Tornillo of Except. We've got Johan from Amana Marth, Max Cavalera, of course, from Soulfine Sepultura. Then we've got Floor Jansen from Nightwish. Nightwish. And then we've got the Young Blood. Well, he's not really young in a sense of how long the, the band's been around, but compared to these other guys, you've got Trevor from The Black Doggy Murder. Mm. And then the highlight of this fucking thing is John Bush from Armored Saint and Anthrax. That's the best song. The song Bound by Silence. To me, it's just like, I felt like I was given a fucking present. Like, the day I heard that song. Like, here here you you, go. Yeah, it was like, okay, it's been, what, a couple years now since the Armored Saints last album. Yeah. So it's like, I'm finally getting new music from one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And it lived up to everything I would imagine it would be. Exactly. Just like everything you ever did with Anthrax and Armored Saints. But yeah, just this whole thing. It's fucking great. You know, Mark from Death Angel does two songs. And the way the the final track, or the final two tracks, Power Drunk Majesty Part 1 and 2, 
flow together is fucking great. And yes. Sora Jansen, I fucking love her voice, love Nightwish, and then this song at times almost has an Iron Maiden feel to it. Yeah. Even the way she's singing and the way the guitars are are built throughout the song. And then, of course, the rest of the album, you know, is just thrashy, riffy. You know, that opening riff of The Accuser with Trevor from Black Dahlia screaming his balls off. And then everything else, you know, you've got Bobby Blitz and, of course, Mark Tanula from Except that I know you fucking love. Oh, man. Johan. This whole album is yeah, fucking... Yeah, it's, it's badass. Yeah. Did I go too far? No. Nope. Number 16. The Dead Daisies Burn It Down. The Dead Daisies are back for now their third album, right? Yes. No, fourth album, third with okay. Karabi. Yes, that's, that's right. And this album is kind of a a good, kind of like we talked about a couple of these, straight up 40 minutes, 10 tracks. That's what I know you love from an album. Yeah. And all killer, no filler. It, it's hard rock, classic tinged. Yeah. Um, you know. It's got John Karabi's trademark fucking vocals. You cannot mistake them. Um, you know, in, you know, hooks, you'll be singing this, these songs over and over. This is a great fucking record. Yeah. Resurrected kicks this thing off. And then Rise Up gets even heavier than most of their stuff does. And then just straight through. I mean, what goes around is a great song. This whole album, like you said, Karabi's vocals, one of my favorite vocalist of all time back to back here with john bush i've mentioned it every time we've ever talked about him i'm just happy as hell that we're now in an era where there's new karate music every year or yeah. every other year because we went so long without it from basically the late after union kind of went away from around 2000 till five or six years ago we barely got anything for the most part you know so I'm glad that, you know, every time you turn around, you had a solo album and then all these Dead Daisies albums. And, you know, this this new one features Doug Aldridge. That's right. Formerly of Whitesnake and Dio. This is the first album that he's with the band. So, yeah, it's just, it's a great album and it's another band that more people need to latch on to. You know, I know they're another band that's bigger overseas, obviously, because of the style of music they play and the members, you know, have always. Yeah. In South better. America. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's that great documentary from the, not this one, but the last album. Yeah. Where they go to Cuba, actually. Yeah. And you can see that on YouTube. It's a short, like, what, 20, 30 minutes or something. Check that out as well. Definitely. All right. All right, number 15. Are you going to say it this time? Oh, no, I wouldn't. I, 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 I didn't. I Kinda, I was just going to do that for a couple of them. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were going to do that bit for the other one. Yeah, we don't have to continue. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Zill and Arbor, Stranger Fruit. Yes. I, you know, I, I'm going to say right off the bat, you got way more time in on these guys than I do. I've only listened to this record a couple times, so I'm going to kind of lean on you for this one. But you listen to it enough. I know you could mention that this is fucking great. Oh, no. It, it, it is. This is a phenomenal record. This is unique as fuck. You're net. You're not going to hear anything like this anywhere else. Yeah, which is great because yeah, it's not totally. always common that that happens. Yeah. And every year that we do this, it seems like there's at least one band that like kind of comes out of nowhere yeah. and makes our list. Like last year was Tri County Terror did that, right? Yeah. Like two years ago. You know, it, it, Sons of Texas the year they debuted. 
And, and and also, just a side note for anybody that that cares, just search these search Zeal and Ardor on YouTube. I can't remember. There's some in studio radio thing on YouTube. They they did like four or five songs just live in the studio, and it's fucking awesome. Go check that out. I have not checked that out. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't remember what radio station, but if you search on YouTube, it'll come up. But this album, like you said, is completely unique. For you not familiar, basically their description is that they combine old Negro spirituals with black metal. And that's exactly what it is, too. And it, it starts off the first couple songs where there's elements of metal thrown in there to the intro song and Grave Digger's chant. But it's really with Servants where it kind of kicks into high gear with the the chorus. And even that, he's still singing melodically. And then you get into other songs like Don't You Dare and Row Row where he's just like fucking balls out screaming like black yeah. metal. But even the ones where he's still singing, it's got the black metal style guitars and drums under it. Mm-hmm. And that's directly following him singing a Negro spiritual. Yeah. And he going back and forth, you know, between that and this album flows in and out. And it's like, it's 16 tracks, but several of the tracks are a minute and a half, like interlude type things. Yes. And this album goes up and down in not just the songs themselves in between the songs. And it's really one of those albums where you listen to this whole thing and it, as much as this sounds crazy, it's not crazy. Like yeah, it just yeah. flows perfectly. And I'm just like, as crazy as it sounds to mix Negro spirituals and black metal, it's like, no one is, we, we would have never thought of this. No. Like, Cause like you hear that and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, you, but you, you listen to this shit and you're like, wow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You just, you imagine yeah. that these guys are sitting around like a couple years, a few years ago, like high on fucking mushrooms, like watching some thin Lizzie video. Yeah. And then it like, Gets to the end of it and starts fucking playing Demi Borger. And then after that, you know, some exactly, old yeah. Negro spiritual, like, what if we combine this shit? You yeah, know? exactly. And here we are. Yep. And the cool thing is, it's like they are getting ready this spring to go on tour with Baroness. Yes. And who else is on that? Someone uh, else. Death Heaven. Okay, Death Heaven. Well, I'd love and, to see that show. And then several of these, uh, you know, the, rock and metal festivals that run throughout, you know, May and later in the summer. I think four or five of them have announced their lineup so far, and Zill and Arbor's been on at least three of them. Yeah. And that in itself was cool as shit. I would absolutely love to see this live and to see how they pulled it off. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that, you know, they end up at Rocklahoma. Yeah, that'd be great. So we get a chance to, to check this out as well. But I can't stress enough that this is just – Something I try to tell people. I mean, I haven't hold, told a whole lot of people, but I've tried to mention it to people. In fact, on our last episode, if you haven't listened to that one, 202 with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis. I mentioned <laughs> it to Tracy Guns because he started yeah. talking about black metal. So, of course, you'd bring it up. Yeah. So, yeah. If, I mean, if you're just a diehard black metal fan, you might not like this because it's only partially black metal. Yeah. But if... If you're one of those people that's like, I kind of like black metal, but I can't ever get too deep into it, this is perfect for you because it's yeah. like in and out of it, you know? I kind of like black metal, but I don't really want to go burn churches yeah, right. or kill my friends, so I don't know. <laughs> Zillinard is the band for you, then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Number 14? 
Black Label Society, Grimace Kids. Oh, yeah. My little thing here jumped one. Well, that's what you got me here for, Trent. That's right. So, Grimace Tits by Black Label Society. is a great album title because it makes you think, this might be your greatest hits, but it's not. But it's not. It's just more as a good old Zacky's sense of humor. Yeah. And, and you know, I got to say, for a few years there, I'm, you know, he kind of lost me a little bit. You know, it was kind of just caveman-ish, you know, just pounding you over the head with riffs and then, you know, a bunch of weedle weedle wheelies. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, you know, the last couple records, you know, he's gotten back to, you know, it really seems like he's put more time into these songs. I think he's put a little bit more time into his solos. He's making things kind of interesting again. And this is a fun record. Um, you know, I think tracks one and two, Trampled Down Below and Seasons of Falter, fucking great. I love Disbelief. I fucking love Disbelief. I think that's a great tune. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun record. And I'm glad we got to include it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that it's my favorite black label from the last few albums. Yes. And I've always said anytime we talk about Zach that I personally believe his best work is always the slower songs. Uh-huh. You know, and he did Book of Shadows 2 two years ago. And there's songs on here that could have easily fit on that, which yeah. is not normal for Black Label because when Black Label would do a slow song, it still was like, you know, full of instrumentation, I guess. You yeah. Know, with like, and with his solo stuff, it was more acoustic and more exactly. stripped down. And there's songs on here that would work. And I mean, the slower stuff, like All the Ones Shine and Love and Rule, Day to Heaven Gone Away, these songs are just fucking fantastic. Yeah. And like you said, the first two tracks, Disbelief, Room of Nightmares, this is just a, a great album. And I'm really glad that you know, because I, this is one that I almost would have said the opposite of, like what we talked about earlier, what I'm surprised didn't make my list. I'm surprised this didn't make my yes, list. Yes, me and, too. Me and that's too. weird to yeah. say because... We've been still, such Zach fans yeah, for all our life, yeah. Still to this day, I know that either one of us would include him in our probably our top five favorite musicians oh, of all yeah, time. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And that'll never change. But like you said, it just kind of got... Eh. Mm-hmm. Kind of lost it to me for a while as far as Black Label. Yeah, it got kind of samey for a while. Yeah. So very glad that this one is here. All right. Now let's see if I pull up the right one. Now it's time for Avatar Country by Avatar. That's right. Number 13. So Avatar Country is the new album, like we said, from Avatar. Ten tracks as well. Here's another one. It's 43 minutes. And this one... First listen gets a little weird at times because yeah. there's a lot of shit going on as far as, you know, there's a storyline, which is cool. And now I'll admit when I go back and listen to it, I skip a couple of, I skip the King Speaks, you know, and I fucking love that one. <laughs> that's the one where he's talking, right? Now it's time for volleyball. Yeah. I mean, that's it's the cool. fucking greatest. It's, you know, it's cool and all, but like I'm just saying, if I'm listening to this, I oh, just no, I get it. I get it. I get it. But you know, that's not. A bad thing. It's cool because it's like a concept album in a way. Yes. If I recall right. It's all about the king, baby. Yeah. We had the singer of this band, Johannes, on our podcast back in episode 90. And I want to think that we brought up concept albums because it was something that they had talked about. And he said that we're not going to do that again. And look what we've got here. Well, I take this as a concept album. He threw us for a loop. Yeah. He fucking lied to us. (laughs) 
100, hey, hey, as long as he's on the show, episodes. he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> I don't right. fuck if he lies or not. But yeah, I mean, Avatar does such a great job of like combining so many genres together just to make a unique sound that doesn't sound out there, but it yeah. sounds completely them. And, you know, I mean, this guy, speaking to Johannes, you know, he can fucking sing with the best of them. He can scream with the best That's of right. them. It's just, you know, this is just a, you know, a great fucking album, Legend of the King. And the King welcomes you to Avatar Country. Love you know, that song. Has that almost borderline country stomp to it, which yep. is obvious, you know, why they're doing that. Yes. So it has a double meaning there in a way. And then a statue of the king is great. King after king is real melodic and borderline like melodic rock in a way. Yeah. And I fucking love it. And just every, you know, great album. Totally. Yeah. Another band from Sweden that is proves our point that everything's fucking great. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So what is number twelve? 12? Is oh. Reverence by Parkway Drive. All right. And this album should be way higher on this list, but you did not want it to Jesus be. Christ. What? Okay, look. Listen, motherfucker. It's just my opinion, my list. Why? You, you give I me know. shit every year. Don't fucking, don't wave me <laughs> off. Don't wait. I'm half of this shit too, God damn it. <laughs> well, there's always got to be one album that one of, one of the other ones bitches about that the other one didn't that like. That sound like Steve Buscemi, a wedding <laughs> singer. I'm a person too, Bob, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, reverence. I play guitar. I never took one lesson. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> reverence came out earlier this year, and <clears throat> this is another one that I would say I'm surprised not only made my list, but made it to the point that it did. Like, this yeah. is my favorite metal album of the year that's not from a classic band, obviously. Trent has a 42 inch boner for this record. Yeah. I I didn't, it, this is a great fucking record. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't, it didn't catch me like it did you. Like it's, to me, it's everything that like, it's metal that works in the sense of like, there's nothing about this that's mainstream in the way that you would hear this really on terrestrial radio. I see. I don't think, but it's like it, you know, there's songs like Pray and The Void that are very catchy. And this is that this album to me just kind of fits what I think metal should be in yeah. the mainstream, at least. I see. You know, that. obviously they're going to be way down my list if I'm like, I think metal should be fucking soul work or whatever. Yeah. But like, as far as what I think the mainstream metal should be, this album defines it. And I sent you this thing a few days ago that I'd read. Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring that up. Someone, I can't even remember the website, some website, I just was always look through these and see what people have in their top, and they had it like at number four, and they were comparing it to the Black Album. I get that. I get by that. By Metallica, just talking about the way songs are crafted, and, you know, in a sense of what they think it might do for the band, not saying that it'll do what it did for Metallica. Nothing, nothing will be, ever do that ever again. Yeah, no one's ever going to make it to that level from an album like that. But yeah. it might send Parkway Drive into the the next level, you know. Yeah. And you know, hopefully it does. This, this is a band that, like I completely blew off for a long time. Yeah, so much to the point that they played Rocklahoma when we were there, and I didn't even go see them. Yeah, exactly. And then we went to the Canes Ballroom to interview Miss May I because they were opening for Parkway Drive, and I didn't even fucking stay. Yeah. And now I'm just like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. Now, yeah. like you said, I got a 42 inch boner. I'm like, <laughs> I can't go back in time two years ago to that show. But, and this is a band that I completely started listening to because a couple years ago, probably a little bit after that, their album that came out before this was, was it Iron or, um, yeah, had the song Vice Grip and Jamie Jossa was talking about it on this podcast. And he's saying, you need, whoever he's talking to, he's like, you gotta hear this new song, Vice Grip by Parkway Drive. It sounds like fucking docking. Really? And, and I, and I'm like, instantly, I'm like, as soon as I, I think I stopped it right then. You know, we say don't stop it, but when you get done, I stopped fucking Joss podcast and went and listened to it. And it did. I'm just like, I mean, this sounds like a docking riff. You gotta play me this yeah. song when we're done. And it's just fucking, and then I can, I can totally understand why. Diehard fans of this band that have been there from the beginning might not like this new stuff and might think, you know, I'm some kind of poser, like dork because I love this band so much now. But the reason I love them so much now is because they don't sound like they used to, <laughs> you know, which isn't bad. They weren't bad. It was just more metalcore. Yeah. Lean, I that. I which I that. wasn't really, haven't really been much into for the most part. And this new album, like I said, Prey and the Void are very along the same lines as Vice Grip where they get stuck in your head and you sing it over and over. Wishing Well is the opening track. I don't know if it still stands, but earlier in the year, our buddy Jason Carroll claimed it was the best metal song of the year. But he also said Bad, uh, Bad Wolves was the fourth best album of the year. Yeah. So, sorry, buddy. We completely knocked that one out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but Absolute Power is fucking phenomenal. Cemetery Bloom slows this thing down, but it's still... He sings in that style of like Phil and Selma when he sings slow, but not in the douchey way like Ivan from Five Finger Death Punch does where he tries to completely emulate Phil. You know, it sounds fucking real. (laughs) And then, you know, just the rest of the album, you know, it's fucking straight up. I can keep going, but I'm going to stop right now because we ain't got you. You don't don't want me to keep talking about this, but... (laughs) Anyway, they just recently announced a co-headline tour with Killswitch Engage. Yeah. And that's fucking great. You know, yeah. Because Killswitch is another band that, you know, they're back with their original lead singer, Jesse, and they've released two albums. We've got another one coming next year. And they're they, killing they're, it. Yeah. They're basically killing it on yeah. album and live. Are so you going to go to that show? I'm going to plan to. They're coming to Oklahoma City. Nice. The folks coming yes. To so definitely. Okay. okay. We should be there. So what album is number 11? Number 11 would happen to be the band Ghost. That was prequel. That's, that's right. what it looks like it says, so that's how I'm going to say it. So it's like you think that it's prequel, but it's probably prequel. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the way it's spelled. Yes. So let's get into this. I mean, we could get into this, really get into it, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But we, I, we've done it before. We've done it before ad nauseum. This is a great record, and, I, I, and I'm just going to say it's not metal. People are putting it on their metal list. So, greatest metal record of the year. This is not fucking metal. This is hard rock. This is rock and roll. Okay, that's what this is. Um, their last time was the closest thing to metal. Yeah, exactly. Got. I don't care what you say. This isn't metal. I don't even think Device Forge would agree that it's metal. So, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are fucking on drugs or some shit. <laughs> but this is a great fucking record. I mean, this thing, we talk about hooks, but this is fucking hooks, man. I mean, I, I don't, you know, this is such a, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, you know, 
it, it, it's just... Well, I'll tell you where to begin. It's like I just talked about how a Parkway Drive song sounded like Docking. Well, the song Rats sounds like fucking Docking to me. Yeah, I like get that. the riff, yeah. at least. I'm not saying this sounds yeah. like Don Docking, at least. I'm just talking... Everything is that I say Docking, I'm talking about George Lynch, okay? Okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. But... And that song is just pure. When I first heard it, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking 80s metal. Yes, you know, it well, is. Not metal, it 80s is. rock. And, yep. and there's, you know, it gets even more so in other songs. And this album is totally, it has different facets that all fall into like something that could be from the 80s. And totally. I think Dance Macabre is like, yeah. it's like a pop song. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the video is, it, the video is so like, you know, with the, with the intro where they're acting, you know, it's like a little movie. And, um, you know, it totally, it totally takes me back to like, you know, 1990 MTV. I totally want that back when I listen to the song and watch that video. And I mean, you know, it, it, it's just the, the pop sensibility mixed with the rock and roll, uh, is just, it's genius, really. It really is. I think yeah. Pro Memoria is like my favorite song on the record. It's so fucking cool. It's so dark, you know. But I love the message, you know, just kind of, you know, <laughs> we're all going to kick off one day. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> just, uh, you know, it, and I even like the instrumentals. I just, I love this record. Yeah, it's actually got, like, three instrumentals. Yeah. At first, when we, I remember when we talked about this back when it came out that I thought that might be a little much, but really it's not. It doesn't matter. You know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I like the statement that the album yeah. makes. My it's favorite. concise to the point. The whole record is. I mean, it's it's great. My favorite song on the album is Faith. Yeah. That's just a phenomenal song. And it might. Well, probably not. But it's one of my favorite songs of theirs ever. That's so. cool. That's really cool. So, yeah. I mean, I know that they're a band that a lot of people have strong opinions about one way or the other. But we're both on the pro ghost. Oh man, we are. You yeah, know, we saw him live a couple months ago. Yeah. Fucking great. Seen yeah, him live many times. We're not sorry them. about it. Whatever. Yeah. They're great. Whatever. Yeah, guess what? I love poison too. Yeah. You know? What what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> you wanna fight? Oh shit. Go ahead, call the cops. Um, <laughs> Alright, we're getting now into the top ten. Okay, number ten is Probably the lightest of the fare here, but not. I think I get that. Not really light, but just as far as it's not as heavy as the other ones, I guess I should say. It's Jared James Nichols, or as we like to call him, JJM. <laughs> no, just when we we're typing each other. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. never said that out loud. No, this but, yeah. <laughs> but this is a great record. I think Last Chance is like one of the songs of the year. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's like one of the best album album opening songs ever. Ever? Ever. Wow. Yeah. That's a ballsy statement. Well. It's up there with Battery and Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah. Wow. I cool. said it. Fuck yeah. I own it. You heard it first here, Jared, and the rest of the world. That's right. But going back, this album came out at the beginning of the year. I mm-hmm. think it was actually January. Okay. Maybe. Maybe February. I think it was January because... It was originally going to come out in 2017. We got bumped back, and then shortly after it came out, we had, or maybe it was right before it came out. I don't remember. Regardless, beginning of the year, Jared James Nichols on episode 159 was mm-hmm. here on the podcast. Talked all about this album and a ton of other stuff. It was a really cool interview. This is a guy that Jason actually discovered probably about a year, year and a half ago. 
and told me to start listening. We both kind of latched on to him, and he's starting to pick up some steam. Over this past year, he's played a lot of shows where he'll show up with Frank Hannon. Yes. He's, as you heard in our last week's episode, you know, Tracy Guns is a big fan. Yes. Phil Lewis as well from LA Guns, and he's playing with them actually this weekend now because I think they said December 29th he's going to be on stage with LA Guns. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, like you said, fantastic album. It's only 29 minutes, but it's straight up, all killer, no filler. Like, how would you describe this to someone if you're describing him? I mean, it's just, is it blues based rock? Yeah, I would say, I would say blues rock in the, you know, if you, if you like guys like, you know, Steve Ray Vaughn and Kenny Wayne Shepard and, yeah. you know, early Ian Moore, this is, this is your jam. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got the songs. Um, you know, he, he's got the catchiness and also, you know, he plays with his fingers. He doesn't use a pick. That's right. And, he, and he's a fucking, and he can fucking shred, you know, and he, he's got a great voice for this genre of rock. Um, so it's really, you know, the ultimate package here, uh, in your, your, for all your blues rock needs. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he's on tour, uh, here in a couple months with, uh, John Five. Oh, that's so, right. So, I mean... Which is just a crazy well, 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 build, but it, like... It's so a crazy cool. build, but it works because it's so guitar-centric, you know? Yeah. Like, two guys that are so fantastic what they do, like, different styles, but yeah. if you're a fan of guitar, you're going to fucking have oh. an orgasm all night long. Oh, definitely. It's like... And then, you know, also, I mentioned, uh, give, give, give Jared James Nichols a follow on Instagram. Right. He does videos... If not every other day, or if not every day, every other day, and he's you know just him soloing, and you know he'll he'll pick a different song to cover or whatever, and the guy's just fucking you know, pun intended, magic. <laughs> I want to mention "Honey, Forgive Me." Yeah, I fucking love that song. It's a great well. song. The gun is great. Whole album's great. There's like we said, ten songs. I love "Keep Your Light On, Mama." That's awesome. Yeah. Only two of these songs are over three minutes. Yeah. Eight of these songs are under three minutes. Short. My kind of record, man. Yeah. Short, concise, to the point. It's almost like a punk album, like lengthwise, but like yeah. not punk in the least. Yeah. Let's not fuck around here. Let's just get to it. Yeah. So once again, go back and check out episode 159. And, you know, this February, check them out. They're coming to Oklahoma City. Yes. With John Five. Yeah. And any chance you get to see him, he was on the Monsters of Rock cruise last year. I'm not sure if he's going to be again this year. I haven't looked, but like, anyway, he's out there and he's another one of those guys, like we mentioned early on with Coulter Wall and stuff. I hope that, you know, something pops at some point. And this is a guy that I think, you know, should have a long career because he's yes. definitely got the abilities to like, and the, the songwriting skills to like be here, you know, long before, you know, long after we're dead, you know. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Seven Dust, All I See Is War. The Mighty Seven Dust yes. is back. And All I See Is War, 12 tracks, 45 minutes. This band, we've mentioned many times, is yeah. one of those bands that have managed to make album after album after album. And there's never a subpar album. Never. There's yeah. albums that have come that I don't like as much as other albums. Yeah. But I've never but still anything. 
it's always fucking good. Yeah. But all I see is war <clears throat> is at the top level of anything this band's ever done. I, I liked it better than the last one, which was all Grammy nominated and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Same, Same here. This added me enough. You. Like I mean, you that, said, they're all great. You that know? album was great. Yeah. But this, to me, this might be my favorite album since Seasons. I, I get, I, that's and, cool. I get that. And, you know, we, it's almost like we don't even need to go over this that much because we fucking, we've gushed about this album before, <laughs> right. you know? But I mean, uh, the, the three song, my three favorite songs on this record are Dirty, God Bites His Tongue, and Moments, you know? <laughs> Why? Those was are my it? three favorite songs. Well, I'm just, I'm just, we didn't plan that shit. I swear <laughs> to God. But that's just gonna, that's yeah. just a testament that, you know, Sometimes we, we share the same shit. brain, yeah. you know, and I wish we shared the same brain. I, I wouldn't be as, you know, anyways, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. But, uh, you know, fucking, yeah, I mean, Seven Dust, man. I mean, I don't know. Dirty is as good a song as this band's ever made. Yeah. It's classic Seven Dust in every sense. It's something that should be intercept us from here till the end of their career. And Moments is so decidedly different than a lot of stuff they've ever done but so just fantastic of a piece of art as yes. music is and not original is another song that's completely kind of different that from is a lot of their cool stuff. Tune, yeah. And that might be indication, you know, there's supposed to be a Lejean Witherspoon album. Yeah. Uh his first solo album at some point, probably next year. That might and he had said it's gonna be totally different than Seven Dust, so that might be an indication of where we go with that. Who knows? And one other thing I wanted to point out is Back in the summer, whenever I went on the tour with Sprout and Dusty Grant, the night before we left, me and Sprout were hanging out at his sister's house, and he was playing this album. And he mentioned that he said he thinks this is their best album ever. Really? He That's said this. Cool. I think this is their best work ever. I mean, I don't. I probably won't think anything will beat the first album, just from its raw magic that I felt when I heard it. You know mm. how dumb that sounds, but that's. You know, in the second album and seasons and everything, but like this one is up there with those, in my opinion. Yeah, I saw him the other night. Told him that he, that they need to take you back out on your tour again this year. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I put in a good word for okay. him. Okay. Yeah, you man. know, you know, I can work out. Then. I got pull, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so dropping down to number eight, slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Living the dream. There you go. That's almost as many words as metal ages. Actually, uh, maybe one more word. Look, look at the look at the Spotify list here. The tie, the the <laughs> band names longer than the goddamn. Uh, yeah, it's probably like every. The, I don't know why they don't they even this up like this. Every song says featuring Miles Kennedy. Yeah, Spears, that's weird. And then after it, it listed as being the artist. Yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> but but no, this is a great record. It's um, another one that completely falls in line with what I just about Seven Dust. These guys have yet to put out a song that isn't good. Yep. And this, to me, might be the best album yet. Yeah, this is super memorable, this album is. Yeah, just like Slash, everything, I mean, this guy's been playing nonstop his whole career, whether it be his own music or playing with someone on someone else's music. So, he, and it's just crazy that he's endless supply of fucking solos and riffs yeah. that, like, you listen to this, and some of this stuff is as good as anything he's ever done yeah. outside of Appetite or Use Illusion 2. Yeah, and it, it just it, blows my mind. Very Yes, he's very prolific. Very. Yeah, I mean, he's my... 
I mean, I know he's not the greatest guitarist that ever lived, but he's my favorite guitarist that ever lived. Yeah. And so, of course, I instantly latched on to this. And then the fact that you add one of the greatest vocalists of this modern era, and he's got a great band, and they just keep belting out fucking songs. I mean, I think the highlight might be Driving Rain. and I like Lost Inside the Girl. I think that's a great song. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a long one, too, wasn't it? Yeah, six and a half minutes. Yeah. And then The Great Pretender is another great song. And this, you know, my antidote, Call of the Wild. Just, if you're, if you've heard any of their stuff before, this is just something you need to delve into in its entirety. Yes. Just so you can really see that, like, like I mentioned back when we started this at Tremonti, you're living in the golden age of Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti. That's right. And this is another testament to that yeah. because this is the third album now that Miles has done with Slash. He also has a solo album that came out this year. There's now, what, five Alter, six, five Alter Bridge albums. Alter Bridge also came out with a live album this year. Which is fucking yeah. awesome, man. We talked in detail about that. It featured the symphony in London. It was mm-hmm. fucking great. And then Mark Tremonti, of course, has now three or four Tremonti albums. Was it three? Regardless, you've got like fucking 15 albums from these guys in the yeah. past 10 years. Yeah, I mean, don't miss out on this shit. And you top it off with a member of Guns N' Roses. And then you've got, you know, just a great fucking band around him with Todd Kearns. So just check this shit out if you have not. Definitely. All right, number seven. Maybe the final album from Machine Head, but probably not. Probably Catharsis. Not. It is definitely, we know now, the final album to feature Phil Dimmel and Dave McClain. Yes. Which is extremely unfortunate. Well, it is... And see, this is another thing that I think I thought this would be higher on your list. You've always been more the Machine Head guy than I was. But this album really got me this time. This is kind of like, what was the other band I said that about earlier? Uh, suicidal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But with, see, my thing with this is it's, it's funny. We, we talked about this. When it came out, because it came out, it was one of the albums that came out at the beginning of the year in January, yeah, yeah. along with Avatar and a couple other ones. And when we talked about this, I made, I remember, decidedly, I remember making the comment that Avatar was better than this. Yeah. Because as much as I liked this, it was 15 tracks and it just got too long for me for what, even though Machine Head has always been known for long ass songs and mm-hmm. huge grand stuff. Just something about this album just wore on to me. I get, I, you know, I get that when I listen to it. But the thing is, as the year went on, I still listen to Avatar and I still listen to this, but this moved its way up above Avatar. I see. And Parkway Drive kind of became the album mm-hmm. that I looked at higher than Machine Head, which if yeah. you had told me a year ago that I would place a Parkway Drive album above the Machine Head album, I would laugh my balls off. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Machine Head's one of my favorite metal bands ever. Yeah. And, this album is fucking, what, an hour and 14 minutes long? It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. And and hey. it's almost like if, the, if you know, if there's an album to end an era, boy, this is, this is it, isn't it? That's what I, I kind of want to say because it's like with everything they've done, you know, over the last several albums, they've all been streamlined and fucking, you know. You know, we had what? Bef- you know, one of the, before we did the podcast, I think the year before, the year before that, Now We Die. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck was the name of that album. 
uh, Bloodstone and Diamonds yeah. was our number one album of the year, I think. Yeah. In like 13 or 14, whatever yeah. year that came out. And those albums through that period were just streamlined straight up fucking machine head how they are now. Yeah. Catharsis is machine head how they've been in every era. Yeah. They come, it's yeah, kind you, of like we'll talk about a little bit of everything. We'll talk about another band coming up. But they combine like pretty much everything that they've ever done into one album. Yeah. And especially when you're bringing in things like California Bleeding and Triple Beam that harken back to, you know, the, the era. Red. The, yeah, the era that a lot of people didn't care for. Yeah. Which I still loved them straight through that. Yeah. Didn't care. But this album to me, the only, the only thing I thought was, I thought was weird that Catharsis to me sounded more like an opening machine head track than Volatile. I, because I, yeah, Machine I Head that. has always had the first track have this big intro buildup, like yeah. Catharsis has. But Volatile just gets right into yeah, it. Yeah, gets right into it, yeah. So I just thought that was a weird choice, you know, from that band yeah. to do that. But, you know, just from, from there out, this thing, it, even like I said before, it, it gets too much for me at times, but not to a point to where obviously I had it in my top 10 yeah. or top 7, I think. And, uh, Heavy Lies the Crown. Is a huge long epic song that goes along right with their big ones like Halo and Unto the Locust and everything, yeah. you know. So, and of course, we got to mention Bastards. Yeah, I mean, to, I, that's what made it for me that really got. I mean, I, that that was like the the goosebump tearjerker song, yeah. you know. And, and you know, if it wasn't for that song, I probably wouldn't have been as open to this album as I was. Really, I, I'll admit, you know, it's. Like I mentioned earlier about burning, this is in my top probably five songs of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so great because it's not, you know, you don't, there's never been a point where you didn't expect Rob Flynn to be outspoken, mm-hmm. but just to a sense of like the emotion put into the song mm-hmm. and in that the music goes so well with that, even yeah. though it's at points and that doesn't sound like anything Machine Head had ever done. It almost has like that punk feel at times. You know, the drums in that song are fucking fantastic. Yeah. Just everything about it is fucking great. It's like those old protest songs from the 60s. Yeah. It's like Good a point. metal protest song. It's like you they're the, now the metal Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. I think that's a good way to wrap that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final thought is who knows what's going to happen now. Yeah, that was my next thing. What do you think? I just always assumed, well, it's Rob Flynn. He'll just go on. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, like two weeks ago, they made that post where they were selling all their fucking yeah, road, road equipment, like stuff like drum risers, which like that doesn't make sense to me. Why yeah, would you sell a drum riser? You yeah. know, it's not like when Dave McClain leaves, you're not going to have a drummer. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So Who that kind of makes you think maybe he's putting this thing on hiatus for real. Yeah. But. Well, I think. I don't. Phil Dimmel to me. He's not an original member, but he's a massive part of the sounds. Yes. When you combine his sound with Rob Flint's sound, it made Machine Head make it back up to the level they made it to and be so fucking great all these years. And yeah, so you're I'm right. just, I'm hugely bummed that it's happened, but obviously, you know, they decided to leave and they, you know, apparently did it amicably where they, I can't even say that word right, amicably, where they <laughs> were able to finish out the tour. That's right. And, you know, he made it sound like he wasn't happy, but immediately following that, he went and filled in for Gary Holt and Slayer, and 
So I'm just kind of looking forward also to see what and you what see he Dave does. McLean went back to Sacred Right. Yeah. So, so you know, I think you know, I th- I think I think Flynn will take a hiatus of some sort. I think it'll be a couple three years before we hear from him. What I would like him to do is in the meantime just fucking put out a Rob Flynn album, just yeah. like him and Acoustic. You know, he's done that a couple two or three years ago. He did a tour where he toured the West Coast playing acoustic. Yeah. You know, if he just did something like that or kind of like the Nurgle album being the man. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I think he would right. totally pull that shit off. So here's the hoping. All right, getting into number six. Mm-hmm. Had not mentioned on Seven Dust that John Conley was on this podcast in episode 119. Gotta love that. There you go. Okay. Speaking of Speaking guests on this podcast. Episode... 169 featured Biff Byford yes. of the band Saxon. And Saxon released the album Thunderbolt earlier this year. And it's our number six. It was my number two. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you combine lists. I, yeah. I thought it was great, but it's one of those albums that just kind of over the year dropped down because so much other stuff came into play that I loved. Well, and, you know me, I'm a Saxon nerd, so yeah. I, it never, it always stayed. One of the tops for me, right. always. So there you go. But it's great. It's twelve songs, forty-seven minutes, and it's another album. There's nothing, nothing that's doesn't belong here. Oh man, Predator with Johan from Oh fuck, but from uh, Amona Marth. That's one like of the in, things we talked to in yeah, my podcast. About yeah, exactly. I love the Secret of Flight. That was the first song from this record that really got me. I thought, man, fuck, that's a great tune. Fucking, uh, you know, uh, you get a song about Lemmy. Yeah. I mean. You actually have a clip of Lemmy's voice in there. Exactly. They played rock and roll. Exactly. I listened to this thing today, so, I mean, yeah. It, Son of just, Odin was a great song. Yes. It, it's just fucking great. I love Speed Merchants. I love Rody's song. I love this record. Um, so yeah, it was absolutely one of my tops. Um, I just love. Biff Byford's voice is just insane. It cuts through. They've just got the power and the hooks. Um, you know, just giant riffing. Um, you know, I love this band. Uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, of that era and that where they're from, you know, Priest, Maiden, Saxon is right up there to me. Yeah, these guys have been around nearly 40 years and I almost feel like they're getting another win here. Yeah, of, totally. Because of that that tour they did the year before, or was it two years ago with UFO? Mm-hmm. You went to one of those yeah. shows. And then, of course, they went on tour opening for Priest. And I remember back, you know, people we talked to, and then I would see people's posts on Facebook, on different comments, whether it would be the show we went to or any other ones mm-hmm. where people were talking about, holy shit, I can't believe, you know, either... They just never looked in the Saxon, how great this band was, or they just like haven't listened to them forever. Yeah. And were blown away about how amazing this band still was. Yeah. I even saw a couple of posts like, that second band was fucking killer. Like, and it's like they didn't know who it was, or they already forgot, even though the name was in the backdrop, Gigantic Huge. (laughs) But, you know, after, uh, you know, 48 watered down Michelob Ultras, I guess they couldn't remember. You know, this is at the Judas Priest show, by the way, at BOK Center. But they're but the people that came just here breaking the law. Yeah, they but man, I think it'd be fucking awesome, you know. <laughs> so that that and that's cool to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's what you hope keeps happening for these guys. 
They're going on tour again early next year. Like we mentioned at the top of this episode, they'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. on February 13th. I think the 14th, they're in Austin. They're doing several shows on their way across the country to Florida to hit the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Hell yeah. So you don't have an excuse not to see these guys continuing kicking ass. That's right. All right, number five. We're, we're, we're down to the top five. Yes. Top five is Clutch, Book of Bad Decisions. And just recently, episode 194, we had Tim Salt of Clutch on when they came to the Kane's Barn in Tulsa. Yes. Along with who we just mentioned recently, Seven Dust. That's right. And that was a great fucking show. Oh, man, that was... We could do it. We could do an episode of our top shows of the year, and that would be one of them. Yeah, because both those bands are phenomenal. Oh, man, they're great. But yeah, this, I mean, this record, come on. I mean, Clutch, they don't disappoint, you know. Jimmy Hendrix on the $20 bill, and Bill Hicks on the five note. I mean. It's one of the best lines of recent memory. It really is of any memory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, the, this record grooves, you know. Um, Neil Fallon always has, he's got such a way with words. He is one of the best lyricists in oh, man. rock and roll history. Hands down. One, yeah. And, and so, I mean, if, if you haven't heard this record, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. Book of Bad Decisions by Clutch. You got to get into it. Yeah. Their last couple albums, Earth Rocker and Psychic Warfare. I fucking love both those. Yes. Time just as much, but they're just streamlined straight up fucking. From end to end, they just flow perfectly in the mm. sense of, you know, this is modern clutch. But this album to me is kind of like what I mentioned with, um, the Machine Head album is that this touches on everything that, they yeah. ever, that they've ever done and even stuff they haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. They really, they it's really, it's all over did. the place, but all over the place in a sense that still flows completely well. Just, I'm just meant it's got all these different elements in it. And the highlight for me, without a doubt, is in Walks Barbarella, yeah. in Walks Barbarella yeah. which might be my favorite song of the year. Yeah. If not, it's one of the top three or four. Definitely. And like you mentioned, How to Shake Hands, or no, that wasn't, which is the, yeah, How to Shake Hands is the one with, the, with yeah. uh, Jim Hendrix, yeah. Um, I know how to work yeah, a room. Yeah. But that whole that whole song lyrically is fucking, well, the whole album lyrically yeah. is phenomenal. But Spirit of 76, Emily Dickinson. Vision Quest is fucking rad. Yeah. Hot Bottom Feeder. This whole album is Clutch at their finest because Clutch is another band, kind of like we mentioned about Slash or Seven Dust, that you can't... There might be stuff, albums that you don't listen to as much as other albums, but there's never been anything that's above or below good. Yeah. Everything's good. That's right. If not like this, fucking great. Mm -hmm. So they continue to put out new albums and they continue to fucking do it fantastically. And it's kind of, I mean, it's a long one, 15 songs, 56 minutes, but only a couple of the songs are long and it never gets, there's no filler here. It's all, oh, yeah, no filler. that's why it's top. That's why it's number five. That's right. That's right. All right, moving into number four. The Night Flight Orchestra, Sometimes the World Ain't Enough. All right, now I made a note here that I wanted to I, I see that, I see that. That this is the Night Flight Orchestra's fourth album, 
in the past six years, which is, first off, I want to say that's phenomenal in itself to me. Yeah. Because I still remember when the first album came out in 2002, you said it at some point, I remember. 2002? I mean, 2012, sorry. (laughs) You said it at some point, and I know that I thought the same thing. You're like, this is fucking amazing, but (laughs) this is the last we'll ever hear of this band. Yeah, exactly, because... A lot of those guys do one-off things. And, yeah. And it uh, never imagined that three years later we'd get another album, and then here and this year and last year we'd have album three and four. So yeah, they're like, I know. They're like making this a legit thing along with, you know, it's two of the guys from Soil Work that features a member of Arch Enemy. So they've got full-time bands that they're a part yeah. of, but they're kind of doing what, say, Tremonti and Miles do whenever they're off break from the other band, they go straight into this, which is something I could have never dreamed would happen. And yeah, I'm exactly. Extremely happy for. Because when the first album came out in 2012, we had it as our number one album when we made, you know, our year in post on Facebook. Then in 2015, we had the second album, Skyline Whispers, as the number two album. Last year, 2017, they released Amber Galactic, and we had that as the number four overall album. And here we are. In 2018, with Sometimes the World Ain't Enough, once again, number, number four. four. So I mean, they've released four albums, and they've never gotten below number four on our list. That's how good this shit is. Yeah. I mean, the musicianship is excellent. The songs are fucking insane. I mean, you know, it's these guys from, you know, this melodic death metal, but they're doing, like, they're doing, they're doing this fucking early 80s kind of album AOR rock that, you know, would be, you know, that was, sounds like it comes from the States. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, it's very urban sounding. So it's just, uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, there's elements like that. The first couple albums had more of a classic rock AOR feel. Now this, like you said, has more of that 80s AOR feel mm-hmm. where it's almost getting, there's pop tendencies as yes. well. There's stuff yeah. that you could compared to like pop stars of the early 80s or even someone like Fleetwood Mac, you know, that's not pop, but like that kind of rock. Yeah. And, you know, throughout their albums, they've sounded from everything like Kiss to Sammy Hagar to Foreigner. To yeah. The, I mean, and, and that yeah. whole gamut, Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And and, and they're doing it. And they're doing it so well. And the production is so awesome. I mean. Like if this it, band it is, came out in 1979, oh fuck, forget it. They we would be talking about them right now. As it, like, oh, I wish they get the back classic together. bands or yeah. some shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'd be touring right now with no original members like Foreigner. <laughs> oh God, man, <laughs> fucking. What's your favorite song on here? Can you say? I don't know. Oh God, I you know I can't even say. That's how much I love all these songs. Uh, Speedwagon's awesome. Yeah. Um. Fuck, I love I love Barcelona. That's a great song. Yeah, fucking, I've uh, gone back to that one. A bunch. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that people out there you know, that are listening to this haven't listened to this band a lot. I, I can, I can, I just know they haven't. There might be a couple, but very few. Of yeah, them. so you need to just go listen to this band, Night Flight Orchestra. Yeah, there's four albums. Just hit play, shuffle. Who gives a shit what it is? <laughs> I, you know, I say listen to this. It's the newest one, but. All four of these albums are straight up amazing. Yep, exactly. This album, Turn to Miami, Paralyzed, Moments of Thunder, Lovers in the Rain, Pretty Thing Closing In, Winged and Serpentine, the two songs you mentioned, everything. See, Moments of Thunder for that thing we talked about earlier. 
there you go. Oh, that's right. Hey, so, but, yeah. but, and also, if you got anything dealing with these guys or soil work, there's going to be at least one song on a record that's got the title of a city in it. <laughs> that's right. Pittsburgh Syndrome, Turn to Miami, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or whatever fucking, I think it's Pittsburgh Syndrome. Speaking of soil work, one of my favorite metal bands. It's just so great to hear his voice. Yes. Like, yeah, he's singing. He's and he, which is great. He, what he does he, in soul work is awesome. He's always saying melodically great in soul work, no doubt. But this is a, like a different style of melodic mm-hmm. singing. Yeah. That, like a lot of those guys that sing like him couldn't pull off. Yeah. To a sense, like, and we've mentioned that before that I think every album has just gotten a little bit better, a little bit better because he's doing it more often, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And these guys have played a lot of shows in Europe. I just hope one day. They'll do a run in America. I know. You know. I will drive. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. The final three. Top three right here. Here we go. What's number three? Number three is the almighty Corrosion Conformity with No Cross, No Crown. That's right. That is fucking right. Recently, on episode 182, Mike Dean was on his podcast. Yes. Way back on episode one six or oh, sixty one, we yeah, like Reed Mullen. Reed Mullen was on, and that was great as well. That's actually probably one of my favorite ones we've ever done. Yeah, both of them great. It's quite an honor to sit down with half of COC, another one of my favorite metal bands, which features one of my all time favorite singers in Pepper Keenan. This is his first album back with the band since two thousand was it six? Uh huh. And in the arms of God came out. So we got this album, came out early this year, and we both knew that it would hang on and be one of our top albums. The voice, the riffs, man. Yeah. That's like how you can describe your whole career. Yeah, pretty much. And this album was no letdown. It's 15 tracks, 57 minutes. Couple, what, two or three of the tracks are, you know, interludes. COC has always kind of been known for that. Mm -hmm. And... I guess the only thing is, like, I wish there was a song like Stare Too Long or something that yeah. more kind of like stripped down. Yeah. That thing. was a great, that was a great song. You know, that they, they're great at and, but that's not really their, mm-hmm. what people come to, come to the COC, you know, yes. party for. And, yep. you know, I, you know, we even talked about that with Mike Dean, you know, what if Pepper did something like that where he did a solo album, you know, because, you know, they played that show with the country bands in Dallas and all that's that. That's right. But, yeah. Anyway, back to this. Like the first album they released, or the first song they released was Cast the First Stone, classic COC. Oh, yeah. So as soon as you heard that, you knew that this was going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it was Little Man, you know, the Luddite, Wolf Named Crow, uh, nothing, you know, that's, that's all, that's classic COC. Nothing Left to Say has kind of got that, you know, how, you know, they do those slower songs, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is just, you you definitely know what you're getting with this record. Forgive Me could have fit on Deliverance. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it really could have. Yeah, and and then they they capped the album off with a cover of Queen's Son and Daughter. Yeah, I love that. That's one of the best covers I've heard in a long time of any kind of song. It's from Queen's first album. It's not, you know, a staple, a hit, you know, that a lot of people Mm -hmm. might be familiar with. And it, you know, if you go back and listen to the original, it almost has a feel like this is 
it has that stonerish rock yeah, feel to definitely, it. Yeah, definitely. You know, which and you, you get a expect. lot of that from early Queen. You know, shit yeah. like Dragon Attack, and you know, uh, right? You know, if I, if my timeline's correct, I'm not the most you know inured in you know early Queen. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and Queen even gave him the you know the stamp of approval on that one. That's right. You know, they tweeted it out and everything. But yeah, I think my little, my, my, my little, my favorite is Little Man. You mentioned that. Yeah, that's a great fucking, <clears throat> yeah, great fucking song. <laughs> yeah, this whole album, the COC at their finest. I'm excited they're back. Like this is, you know, I mentioned this first one back with Pepper since 2006. It's actually the first album with the core four guys since America's Volume Dealer. Yeah. Because Reed Mullen wasn't on In the Arms of God. Yeah. So now you've got all four of them back for the first time in like 18 years. I know. Or 17. And couldn't be happier because this is a band that for several years I just kept, I told you that before on one of these podcasts. I'm like, every day I wake up and just think, maybe today is the day that there's a news story that says Pepper Keenan and COC <laughs> are back together. And it finally happened two years ago. They finally started doing happened. shows. And here we are with a new album in 2018. And they're, They've been opening up for people, playing festivals, doing all kinds of stuff, and they're finally doing a, a headline run of dates at the beginning of this year, kicking off in January and February. They've got Crowbar with them, which is fucking amazing. Oh, my God. They've also got Mothership with them, and then about half the shows feature Weed Eater, and half of them feature The Obsessed, which is fucking great. I wish our show featured The Obsessed, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You know, we'll take yeah. take what we can get. Yeah, our show, as I mentioned, we're in the Oklahoma area, so Oklahoma City, January 20th at the Diamond Barn. That's right. We will be there. Number two. Number two. We're getting down to, we're getting down to the, the real meat of the thing here. Yeah. It's, it's fitting that number two album is named for the love of metal because we fucking love metal. That's right. And Dee Snyder for the love of metal. At the top. If you had said a few years ago Dee Snyder was going to release an album, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I doubt it. And then he did release that one that wasn't that good. Yeah. So then if you had said after, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't that good. It was good, but not, it wasn't what we would expect or people would wanted yeah. to hear, I guess. And I was surprised that this was ranked so high for me. I mean, I knew it would be cool with Josta behind it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it was really fucking cool. Yeah. Like it came out and we were just like, you know, the quick backstory is Josta on his podcast, had Dee Snyder on and said, I think you should do an album, you know, so I'm similar to how Rob Halford did Halford mm -hmm. Resurrection. You know, you just come out straight up, balls out metal, and just sing over it. You know, we can get different people to play whatever, different people write songs. And then Dee Snyder said, if you get people to write songs, I'll do it. And you know how that goes. You think, okay, maybe we'll yeah, get Yeah, Jamie Josta's always got some kind of yeah. pitch, and this time it fucking happened. Yeah, you think, we might hear that in 2020. And then within a few months, it was confirmed that this was happening. It was done, yeah. And they, they were writing songs. They assembled the band for this. is basically Toxic Holocaust yeah. with Dee Snyder singing, right? Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of songs were written by Josta, wrote a few of the songs. Howard Jones from Light the Torch is all over this thing. Yeah. He he actually wrote I think a couple songs, but he didn't write the song he sang on, which I thought yeah. was kind of yeah, kind of funny. But that's cool the as well. Way, yeah. But I know you liked American Made. <laughs> yeah. When yeah, when we talked about this, that was the only song that I thought stopped this from being perfect. And it's not a bad song. It just 
sounded too radio metal to me. I like get it. That five finger death punch kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm yeah, not we've saying mentioned that band away too much in this episode. <laughs> Fuck them. But we've never said it in a good way. So. Well, that's something, yeah. But it's not at all like that that level. I'm saying this is better than that. It just has that feel to it, so I kind of turned me off from it. Yeah. But this whole, I mean, this, like you said, just blew my mind. How I knew it would be exactly, cool. Yeah. Because D. Snyder, you know, when he did Widowmaker, was fucking cool. But this isn't, you know, your D. Snyder that you knew and loved from you know, the price, or we want to rock. This is fucking, like we said, Toxic Holocaust is a thrash metal band. No shit. And these riffs and these solos are fucking balls out. Yeah. And D. Snyder singing over him is some of his best work he's ever done. Exactly. I would, like, love to be able to see this live, like him doing a solo show where he played all this stuff and threw in some Twisted Sister songs. Like, the first two songs, Lies Are Business and Tomorrow's No Concern, are fucking fantastic. Ball squashers. Yeah. The song Dead Hearts Love Thy Enemy with Alyssa from Arch Enemies. Fucking great. The whole album, Become the Storm. Running Mazes, The Hardest yeah. Way. We talked about that. It's just a great fucking record. It's, yeah. There, there's no, there's no, there, there's no wonder why it's our number two. That's right. And For the Love of Metal caps it off with, I think I said this when we reviewed it, that it's got lyrics that if anybody else singing, might sound kind of corny, but D. Snyder singing it just fucking sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it works. So yes, if for some reason you hadn't checked this out yet, check it out. If you love metal, it's right there in the fucking title. By God, by God. All right, it's time. Here we are, number one. Are you ready for Disturbed? <laughs> I even mentioned them in the albums that came out, and you know me, I like Disturbed, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's well, kind of boring, uh, uh, number one, this is a new release by Jimmy's Chicken Shack. <laughs> Get me high, baby. Oh, by God. No, for real, number one, Thunder Underground, number one record, 2018. Jesus hey, Priest, the Firepower. That's right. There it is, everybody. This is the best album of the year in our eyes. Both of us. Unanimously. It was unanimous, yeah. It wasn't like a thing where one of us had it one, one of us had it two. We both had it one. Yeah. So here we are. This is Judas Priest's. It's been a long time since Hopper came back, and they've had several studio albums since then. Which are great. They're They're, good. They're all good. But something lined up on this one. Yeah. Something. I don't know what it was in the water. But man, I tell you Just put it over the top. This is their best album since before he left, since since Painkiller. There you go. In my opinion. And straight up, it's almost an hour long, 14 tracks, never gets old mm-hmm. because every song, they, another one, they kind of reached through all the, all the eras of their career, mm-hmm. except maybe Turbo. Yeah. But, you know, this, just straight out the gate, Firepower and Lightning Strike are just that classic priest. And then to me, the highlight of this whole thing is Evil Never Dies. And that's, yeah, that's just a great one, yeah. one of the coolest songs I've heard from Priest since fucking I, I the love song Never Painkiller. The, yeah, I love Never the Heroes. Yeah. I love that hook in there. Yeah, the, the whole album has fucking straight up like rippers, you know, yeah. pun intended. <laughs> and whether they're, you know, the riffs, his vocals, who which have never faltered, be it studio or live. And then there's just huge songs like, you know, Spectra and 
Traitor's Gate. And then No Surrender has that classic kind of fucking anthemic kind of priest feel to it. Yeah. Like if that had came out in the late 70s, early 80s, it would be like one of their huge fucking hits. Oh, yeah, totally. And yeah, I just can't say enough about this album. It was like as soon as it came out, I'm like, this has got to be the number one album of the year, but we still got like eight months to go. Yeah. But I thought, I can't imagine anything beating this. Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat, we thought. Yeah. And, here and, we and it was. And it's number one. This is a great year for Judas Priest. Wasn't so much in the Glen Tipton area just because of all that. But as far as, you know, their release and their touring and, and their perception in America, it's, it's better than it has been in a long time. And, uh, this is just, uh, like I said earlier, the stars lined up on this one. Yeah. Yeah. They had a massive tour with Saxon and Black Star Riders and then another big tour with Deep Purple. Yes. And they're, they've already been announced for some festivals in America and Europe this coming year. They're going to tour America, you know, the Uriah Heap. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're back in full force, and like you said, it sucks about Glenn Tipton, but the live outfit now with Andy Sneak filling in, along with Richie Faulkner, who was already fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And they, the legend continues, basically. Yeah, definitely. It sure does. You know, Avatar, we talked about earlier, had the legend of the king. We have the fucking legend of the metal gods, and it continues forever. Exactly. Whenever a band can be around for literally 45 years almost, I think the first album was 74, yeah. 73, 74. So next year is 45 years and they're putting out an album as good as anything they've ever done. Yeah. I mean, that's saying something like yeah. that. Not every band can do that. Yeah. Most bands can't do that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So, so there it is. There it is. Our, you know, our top 18. Yeah. Priest, D. Snyder, COC, Night Fight Orchestra, Clutch, Saxon, Machine Head, Slash, Seven Dust, JJN, Jared James Nichols. <laughs> Ghost, Parkway Drive, Avatar, Black Level Society, Zill, and Ardor, The Dead Daisies, Metal Allegiance, Tremonti, and then a tie with Tremonti of Monster Truck. There you go. That that does it. You know, we've done this several times. They're always long-winded, but it has to be. You know, when we're talking ha, about ha, fucking It has music. to be done, man. It has yeah. to be done. So, yeah, quick note in the... We'll always mention the albums we're looking forward to in 2019. And first and foremost is there's a big rumor that Guns N' Roses is doing something. It's It could happen, it could not. You know, So I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it if it happens. But yeah, definitely. You know, ACDC is another one that supposedly is happening. But yeah. No words really come on they that. Haven't, they're, they're tight-lipped, but pictures have been leaked of Brian Johnson and Phil Rudd back in the fold. So Who if knows. it happens and Brian Johnson's there, that's fucking great. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I would love to hear a recorded song with Axel as well. You know, you, you might. You never know. Yeah. But Romstein's another band that has supposedly confirmed they're finally releasing an album. But yes. I've mentioned this the last two years on this exact episode that I'm <laughs> looking forward to it this year. But we'll see. But what we do know is just in a couple of weeks, January 11th, the new Solar Works coming out. And that's going to be amazing. That'll be number one on our 2019 list. I wouldn't be surprised. To, to start, you know, the, uh, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Been at this so long. <laughs> to start, you know, to, the, the list to start culminating records. Right. You know, that'll be the first one we, we put down. Well, we mentioned Alter Bridge many times. They're supposed to have one at some point. The End Machine, which is Robert Mason basically fronting Docket. Yes. 
You've got all three members of the original lineup of Dokken. With Robert Meese. So it's basically the second Lynch Mob album as well. Yeah. With Mick Brown in the fold. <laughs> or no, with Filson uh, in the fold. And then Deadland Ritual is another band that was recently announced, which is Geezer Butler, Steve Stevens, Matt Sorm, and Frankie Perez. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that's that's four names I never thought you would put together. Here we are. They've already released a song. Look it up. It's badass. Speaking of Geezer, Tony Iommi supposed to have an album. That'll be his first one since the Almighty album Fused, mm-hmm. right? I think. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Speaking of fantastic stuff, there will be a thrash onslaught if everything goes the way. No shit, man. Look at that. Megadeth, Anthrax, Overkill, Testament, Death Angel. That'll be like the year before last when Anthrax was our number one. Our top five also included yeah. Testament, Death Angel, Metallica. Exactly. Was that Dystopia came out that year or Slayer? One of them. Yeah. I think all big four except one of them came out. Anyway. Butch Walker's got a new album. Lamb of God. Amana Marth. Body Count. Queensryche. Mastodon. Steel Panther. Slipknot. And supposedly King Diamond will be releasing his first album in like 12 years. I mean, holy shit. Yes. This is going to be, hopefully this is, this will be another year where it's hard to pick. Yeah, I mean, if if all those albums come out, there's going to be shit that's not even on this list. It's just like 2019 could be an amazing year. Exactly. I think it will be. All right. It will be. All right. Well, we're getting long-winded, so let you know that there are 202 previous episodes you can go check out. Recently, we had on L.A. Guns, Joe Altier of the recently reformed Brand New Sin. Our buddies in Severmind celebrated 200 with us. We've also had on Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulik of Kiss, Dave Elfson of Megadeth, Chris Broderick, formerly Megadeth, guys from Seven Dust, Warrant, Firehouse, Shooter Jennings, a huge-ass long list like some of the bands we mentioned earlier, Clutch, COC, Jared James Nichols, Avatar, Europe, so on and so forth. Look it up, SignCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground. You can listen to everything there on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, MixCloud, and Google Music. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Follow us, like us, subscribe, share, do all that stuff. It helps us out big time. Patreon.com backslash Thunder Underground. You can send us a few bucks. Jason can finally get the prototype for the Thunder Underground Melon Baller we've talked about in the past going. Dude, I want that. Yeah. That's got to happen. We'll make it happen. All right. Is that everything? I think that's all the normal stuff you got to say. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Another great year. This was, this is the final episode of 2018. So I guess we'll see you in 2019. See you then. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.